and welcome to Straight Up, the new UK music podcast pulling back the curtain on your favourite artists in the charts with the people who know them best. It's hosted by me, journalist Kathleen Johnston. And me, journalist Eleanor Halls. And this week's guest is comedian and broadcaster Amelia de Moldenberg, who most of you will know as the CEO of Chicken Shop Day, the incredibly funny, insanely awkward YouTube series where Amelia takes the biggest names in music, particularly from the rap and grime scene, on a date to their favourite chicken shop. It's been a massive, massive viral hit, racking up millions of views across the channel, uh, with guests including AJ Tracy, Dave, DEE, Sean Paul and Maya Jama. It's Amelia's deadpan persona that makes the series so hilarious, as well as her knack for asking all the horrendously cringe questions you would never ask anyone, let alone someone you've taken on a date. Amelia actually created Chicken Shop Date, which is completely self-financed, impressively, when she was studying at Central St. Martins and has since worked with brands such as Nando's and Amazon. Yep, she also made the Sunday Times Influencer List and the Evening Standards Most Influential, both last year. Uh, She's got TV credits including E4's Meet the Markles, which was her first big mainstream TV gig. And by the way, it got rave reviews. Um, She's got a Sky show that came out recently, an episode with Ramesh Raghunathan, also a Vice series. She's everywhere. She is. My favourite chicken shop date moments include Amelia going through every single vegetable with H to see which ones he'd eaten. And then when she got to parsnips, he completely freaked out. I know, I just love how she puts these famous people who are obviously so used to owning whatever room they walk into completely on the spot. Uh, But anyway, over a few lovely glasses of Prosecco, Amelia told us all about the behind the scenes of chicken shop date. Uh, from how she got the series off the ground and the one video that went hilariously wrong to her favourite guests, uh, as well as the musicians that have turned her offer of a date down, including the one guy who turned it down but then offered her a real date. Yeah, I didn't expect the name she hit us with. Anyway, she's by far the biggest cult broadcaster on the music scene right now, so we hope you'll find the episode as fun as we did. Amelia, welcome to Straight Up. It's a pleasure having you here. So your drink of choice is a Prosecco. A humble choice yes. from you. Thank um, you. Hashtag humble. <laughs> <laughs> it's a Treviso oh, Brut Artisanal. Artisan. Oh, wow. That might I like be pronounced wrong, and if it is, we're sorry. Is this it looks lovely. I think it's it um, good for the hangover. Yeah. Because it's it organic. organic. Oh, they say my that, like, goodness. An organic one. Have you, Swanky. Yeah, like that is orange wines where it's um they leave like the skins on or something. They leave the skins on. And it was a recent kind of best night over a prosecco that you had. I went to this place called Martello Hall in London in Londonfield. So yeah, I've been heard there. Of it? I've been there. Oh, sorry guys. Here we go. Yeah. And um, I just posted an. I was drinking prosecco, but I just posted an Instagram about how like no everyone when they recognise me in the street, like, the majority of people just go, chicken shop girl! <laughs> and, like, no one actually knows my name. Um, even though God. I've been, d- like, doing it for so long. But whatever, nobody knows my name. And, um, anyway, I'm at the bar at Martello Hall, and then I get this plate come over to me with, in chocolate writing, Martello Hall knows your name, Amelia. <laughs> oh, my <laughs> God. So they also knew with, that you were upset about the fact that no one knew your name. With the tequila shots. Oh, that's so cute um, Which was pretty epic. So and one of them had... kind of creepy. No, not creepy, but I was like, oh, my God. So they'd literally be, like, tracking um, your Twitter in the it back. was crazy. And then I basically had just been recognised there at the bar. So the people that recognised me, I wasn't with any of my friends at the time. The people who recognised <laughs> me, I got them to take the pictures of me with the shots. <laughs> I was like, can you just uh, take my phone and like, like, uh, document this night. Yeah. Um, Do your friends find it yeah. jokes when you get recognised when you're with them? Um, yeah. 
Maybe they do. I think so. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe they find it annoying. Um, but everyone always says really nice things. So oh, has anyone nice. not said anything savoury? No, I've never had a bad a bad experience. experience. And what do you say when people say chicken shop girl? Do you say my name is Amelia? <laughs> I just say uh, yeah, yeah. Yes, I like nod. I'm like yep, yep. Yep, chicken. Yep, it's me. Or sometimes people will just like come up to you and they won't know what to say, and then it's just like so awkward because you're just there like. So, Where's the weirdest um, place someone's spotted you? I was filming in um, Scotland in at the Loch Ness, and there's a pub, a tiny pub at the corner of Loch Ness, and I went into the pub to use the bathroom, and the guy behind the bar recognised me. And I was like, that. I just thought that was really strange. Because it's honestly Scotland. like, well, obviously Loch Ness is like huge, but, <laughs> but for me, I was like, the middle of nowhere. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, so that was pretty cool. I got a free Diet Coke. What? Um, but yeah, no, where else was been recognised? Oh, when I was like, my parents are from um, this place called Berry. It's like in Greater Manchester. And I went to lunch with them there and I got recognised there. I just feel like whenever I leave London, that's when I'm like, oh, wow. Your parents People know it. who I am. Yeah. Uh, yeah, my parents watch it. What do they think? They love it. They're like my biggest fans. What's your sh- mum's favourite episode? Oh, my God, I know this. Um, she loves the Fuse ODG one, which is like a really old school one. Mm. That's like real fans will know about that one. That was like the third episode that we did um, back before I even had a sound recordist there and I didn't get the sound mixed and it sounds so bad. Oh yeah, that was the episode where I actually was still at uni and the sound was recorded so badly that I went into my IT studios and I had to try and use, try and learn to the like Adobe software to like mix the sound. And oh I was God. literally like at my wit's end and I was like crying in the IT room. And you know, the, technic- the technicians are so annoying sometimes and they wouldn't help me. They were like, mm. you need to learn yourself and I was like you f***ing me can you just help me and I remember just crying there with like the Fuso GG like in the background like just like, this is the end anyway we managed I managed to sort it and it sounded like you could hear stuff that was being said but um because you went to yeah. Central St Martins yeah I went to St Martins that's when you started chicken shop dates well I started actually before I went there oh, okay but the first because it started off as a column in a magazine uh, like a youth-run publication. Here you go. Oh, drink. thank you. Cheers, everyone. Oh, cheers, gals. Cheers. Really is prosecco. Let's see how oh, it goes God, down. These glasses are really um, fancy. I know they're oh, just nice, literally what they? they have here at Ministry. Mm, taste. Do you prefer a flute or a what is this? Um, a coupe. A coupe. I think. Oh yeah, it tastes very organic. Mm. It does actually. Yeah, very organic. Oh, it does, Quite nice. It? I like that. It's a good prosecco. Really very like good that. prosecco. Anyway, sorry, continue. Sorry, so you're writing a column. Yeah, so it was a column in a youth-run publication. So this magazine was, like, made for under-21-year-olds by under-21-year-olds. And it was, like, a kind of like a youth group that I would go to um, in sixth form. Like, every Wednesday, we'd meet up and we'd, like, discuss what we were going to write about, discuss what was going to be in the issue. Um, and that's when I sort of started Chicken Shop Date because um, I really wanted to interview musicians and everyone there was like really into UK rap and grime and I wasn't. So yeah, I started started it as a column in a magazine and then um, when I was at uni, my first year at uni decided, ah, oh, this would be better if it was a video. Mm. So um, I kind of waited until I knew some people that could film 
um, and I'd just been a runner on like a music video. So I met this camera operator and I was like, okay, great. You can film it for me, please. And so he like borrowed some kit um, from the kit house he was working with, got his other friend to film. And then they came down and then my friend Marvin was a video editor at the time and actually still is. Is that the guy from People Just Do Marvin, Nothing? Marvin, yeah, yeah, Marvin Alvarez from, he's in People Just Do Nothing. Um, what was the music video? Would it was for it? Shy FX, but it never actually came out. Oh. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so it was kind of like, I'd kind of waited until I knew someone to film it because I didn't have the connections. Um, and then yeah, we filmed the first episode with Getz. What, how did you get him to agree to that? Do you remember the pitch and how you contacted him? Uh, yeah, so basically the the magazine already had some like contacts with PRs and management and like it was like kind of established as like a youth charity run pu- publication. Uh, it was called The Cut and so we had like people like Tinchy Strider on the cover, Tiny Temper, like, like we had like big artists. I think a lot of people wanted to be involved because they knew it was like made by young people mm. and it was like a really cool thing to be a part of. So the magazine already had connections, so I made friends with this PR, and she was looking after Getz at the time. She'd helped me with a few of the um, people for the column. A lot of them were, like, really, really new people, people who just put one track out. Who was the biggest person you did for the column? Lethal Bizzle. Oh, that's big. Yeah, Lethal Bizzle was the last person for the column. But, yeah, so um, Rachel, she... She was... Rachel... What is her name still? <laughs> still has that name. Um, and, and she, yeah, so she was working with Getz. And then she was like, yeah, I'm working with Getz. Um, would you be interested in, in using him for the for the column? And I was like, you know what? I'm actually thinking about doing it as a video. Do you think he'd be interested in doing it, doing being the first video one? And he, she was just like, I'll ask him. And he was just, she was just like, yeah, he's up for it. I was like, oh, okay, cool, it's happening. Um, so yeah, so then I was just like, like, oh gosh, now we've got to like produce it properly because before I would just turn up to a chicken shop, wouldn't have to ask them if I could film or anything, just turn up and sit there and it was so easy and then I just get my phone out and record it and then suddenly it was like, right, so we've got to find a chicken shop that's going to let us film, I've got to book the crew, I've got and to do all this lighting. stuff. Yeah, yeah for the fun. first time and, you know, I, that's when I realised I do like producing stuff. It's it, I find it fun organising things. Um, but yeah, so that's how it came to happen. And I think the first time I was just nervous that he was, wasn't going to sh- show up. Was like, he, did, did he show up on time? Yeah, did and he, he was early. Schedule? He was early, so it was great. And it was so good. He, he's the perfect guest, first guest. And now for a very short break, just so that we can tell you about our fabulous, fabulous sponsor, Master of Malt. Master of Malt is our go-to drinks and spirit specialist and where you can get the super refreshing vegan artigianale prosecco that Amelia loved so much during this episode. I have to say it went down very, very, very well. So well, in fact, that I think we'd finished the bottle off within the first half an hour of the record. At least, and I could have done with a whole second bottle just to myself, I think. And I wouldn't <laughs> even have been hung over because it is completely organic and no intervention. I am so into that because it's also a good one for the environmentally conscious drinkers, guys. Uh, the winery used for this Prosecco uses 100% renewable energy and the bottle is completely recyclable. Um, if you'd like to buy a bottle of Artigianale Prosecco for the absolute bargain that is $14.95, then do just head straight over to the special Straight Up and Master of Malt landing page, which is at www.masterofmalt.com forward slash straight up. That's www.masterofmalt.com forward slash straight up. 
For drinks not featured on Straight Up, just go straight to www.masterofmalt.com. Delivery is often next day and it's available on products if ordered before 9.01pm. And good news for a short time only, delivery is completely free. And Kathleen, since we seem to have got into the habit of giving our listeners a London bar recommendation every fortnight, what's the sweets go to? Oh, okay. So I'm going to go for the Nest at Treehouse Hotel, the new hotel in Marlebone, just because we went there together last week. And uh, yeah, it's a good one. It's great. What was best about it has got to be the views of London, right? You can go up there. It's 16th floor, and you've got 360 views from St Paul's over, over to the Shard. Yeah pretty amazing yeah i loved it so thank you very much to master of malt and please drink responsibly thank you were you still like very much using the persona then or has that developed over time since you've been well the persona kind of developed through the writing Uh like the writing style was very sarcastic and like very deadpan and i think that's where um it came from me doing that like actually in real life i guess i assume that i was doing that anyway like did you consider was... having kind of an alias and an alter ego almost well you know what to be fair like when people would watch watch it for the first time or read it they'd be like oh um i love this character that you play and like i was just like mm, that's, that's actually me it's actually me <laughs> i'm just being myself <laughs> so it kind of like came a bit through that but also like i'm very aware of like how to exaggerate things for like comic effect sure. like i think i've always like kind of known how to do that like even through school like wherever i'd be like performing for my friends or like whatever it was like i kind of knew that i knew like uh, my comic timing's always been quite good, I think. If I do say so myself. <laughs> I saw your tweet the other day, actually, about the whole um, thing of people who don't, like, tour or do conventional stand-up not being referred to as comedians. Oh, yeah. Is that, like, a bugbear yeah. for you? Would you prefer to be referred to as a comedian? Well, it's, like, personally... It's partly me not referring to myself as a comedian, uh-huh. but also... Do you refer to yourself as a broadcaster or as I a... just find it difficult, like, when people ask me what I do mm. because I do so many different things, and I also... And the stigma along the content creator because of influencers, people well, have... Well, there's so many stigmas, yeah, about, like, being a social media influencer, being a content creator, being a creative, all these things that people are like, it's not a real job. So then it makes you feel like, mm, what should I call myself? So that I'll sounds be taken really serious. Seriously. But at the same time, it's like we're in a different time now where people genuinely do loads of different things and they, like, wear many hats. So it's like... But yeah, I feel like part of me feels like because I'm not a stand-up, do I have a right to call myself a comedian? And also, calling yourself a comedian by proxy means that you're saying that you're really hilarious. <laughs> yeah. So um, it's like for me also like as like I'm someone I think maybe is a bit too like thinks that was a bit cringe. Um, but it's also a confidence thing. I think I'm just also partly not confident enough to call myself a comedian, but I'm going to start doing that. Mm. Good. So yeah. the description of this podcast will say Amelia Comedian. comedian. <laughs> and uh, all the other things. But yeah, <laughs> but yeah no, I think, comedian. but I do think it's true because I was like at the Edinburgh TV festival recently and I was on a panel talking about whether TV is a turn off for new talent. And I do feel like in terms of like online people moving into TV, um tv has such a huge marketing machine behind it 
and if you have a TV program, it's more than likely that you'll be able to like get a piece in the guide, get a piece in GQ, whatever mm. it is, in a broadsheet. Like mm. it's, I think it's a lot easier to get press because there's like the, there's a huge press team and there's that like establishment parts. Look at Nanette, Hannah Gadsby suddenly because she had that Netflix. Yeah, show exactly. Yeah, that's up. a really good example. And and I think that with online people who make stuff online, or if you have a show online, it's not really picked up in the mm, same way yeah. and i i don't know yeah i just i just something that i've i've noticed and like yeah in the tweet i kind of said that like yeah if you're an online person if you make content online then you're not really a comedian you're just lols like so it's <laughs> yeah. just like oh they're just like funny they're just like a funny person but um yeah i just think that people like when they think of comedian they're like stand up and um, that's changing though i think like instagram is such an incredible place to find comedy and comedians why did you think chicken shop dates format would be so funny like how did you come um, up with that idea of I think awkwardness it's like, stimulating people yeah so it's partly awkwardness but also like the fact that like i off i'm obviously not the kind of person that's like all sh- probably like grew up in chicken shops or like around like going to chicken shops where did you grow up in Marlebone. <laughs> um, but there's actually no chicken shops in central London. Like, I've literally tried to find so many because often people ask to film there and I'm like, there's none. There's literally one in under Waterloo Station and that's it. That's the closest you can get to central London in terms of chicken shops. Um, but yeah, so I think it's like the fact that I, that like I'm misplaced there and that like so, and, and so is the person I'm interviewing is in terms of like none of us really want to be there on a date Mm. and so (laughs) it's kind of like that's where the comedy comes from I think and also yeah I just I just thought that like they're just the dynamic of people who are like seemingly different Mm. like there's so much room for comedy there when those two people come together especially in a place that's like like not romantic and you're like saying it's a date so yeah that's the way that's why chicken shop came about is because we were like, the, the, the initial idea of mine was to go on a date as an interview, as the format. And then someone said, why don't you go on a date where you would never go on a date? And then I was like a, ch- a chicken shop because there were so many, like, there's so many in London. There were so many, like, around where the youth club where I was uh, a part of. So, yeah, I think you would never go on a date to a chicken shop, which is why it's funny. Who's your favourite ever guest? Mm, my favourite ever guest? Whew, I don't know, like, every guest is so different. Um, or who have you like vibed with the most um, well I love Mo and Mm. like I would say he was a friend of mine and he's such a nice guy and I really like him and he was that's actually one of my favourite episodes as well Um, AJ Tracy is a great episode and it's probably like the fans favourite episode yeah I love that one H which was the last episode I did um, he has the most amazing skin in that episode (laughs) you're literally saying the setting I know I was watching it uh, um, a few days ago and I was like god I know but also I have an amazing person called Ruth and she does the grade and it makes everyone look amazing Um, (laughs) one of my favourite episodes of yours is Dave yeah Dave yes there's so many good episodes basically every episode because he really (laughs) got he really kind of put you on the spot as well and I think Mm -hmm. that was a good it's good energy when they give it back Um, yeah definitely and the episode I just filmed um definitely they give it back do you prep them before you start filming are you like so by the way i'm gonna be like this when the screen's like no not at all and do the it annoys me now that they know about the show they know that you're like being more (laughs) awkward than you were probably funny it was probably not funny yet it's just a different dynamic like it's not better or worse it's just different now when they know 
like because it's really nice in a way actually that like the majority of people that come on now are fans of the show because they've like seen it it's been going for like over five years now so i think that that's nice but originally when it started people had no idea what to expect and there's so much more awkwardness that comes with that now the awkwardness just comes from from somewhere else but it's been interesting interviewing american artists actually because um they have no idea about the show do you find the dynamic super different when you do it with women as well yeah with women it's totally different because like i love the my drama one yeah were you actually not friends at that time because obviously you're riffing on how like yeah i met her one time before but if anyone's <laughs> so met maya did want to make she's like the most incredibly nice bubbliest super friendly. friendly person that like you can just meet her once and you're her best friend but um but yeah i'd met her once before that but yeah now we're good friends but that one, I was so nervous. Someone asked me before, like, what was my most ner- one I was most nervous for? And I think it was actually the Maya one because it was the first woman that I'd interviewed. Mm. And I was just like, what's the dynamic going to be? Like, yeah. how am I going to make this work? Like, what if it doesn't work with women? Because you can't riff on the whole dating thing. Yeah, but the way that it works with when I interview women is that, like, we talk about dating history. Like, they help me out on, like, giving me tips for, like, my mm. future dates. We talk just, like, we're just friends. We just have, like, a friendly chat. And, like, it's exactly the same, but... um it's not exactly the same it's completely different but it it works as well and you you said before that you part of the humor came from exaggerating a middle class white woman's quirks i think you said something along those lines well yeah i guess like why was that something you thought would be kind of fruitful because i just think like the the more like i just think it's like a person like i'm playing a person that people have like seen before like they have like (laughs) can relate to in some way mm. like whether they they know that person or they've like seen that person and i think that the if i exaggerate those parts of myself then again it like exaggerates the like differences between us but then it becomes highlights the similarities in the same way so i think it just adds to the humor can you switch off the awkwardness like once you stop filming are you then suddenly like super chill and chatty or are you still um, like okay and now we're done yeah, I'm more like okay, now we're done. <laughs> so like, how do you how does how does it take place? So you walk in and that's when the camera's on. Uh, so you don't say hi. Well, like, I camera. say hi, kind of, but I am just awkward person in general. So like, I'll be like hi, like sit down. But again, I'm like the director on the shoot, and like I'm like. So they won't the be sitting there ready. So I'm like thinking about so many different things. I'm like, You're like putting everything together. Yeah, I'm generally. like putting everything together. So I'm kind of like a bit busy. <laughs> and then <laughs> to be doing like and, talent meet. Yeah, like yeah. I if it was like from now the shoots that I do where I'm like the talent on the shoot, like you have like a talent liaison, you have like the producer who like asks if you want a coffee. Whereas like in chicken shop day, it's like you make your own way there and then you're like in and then you're out. Do you actually but, pay um, for the chicken or do they ever try and pay? Yes, I always pay for the chicken. I Who's pay... tried to pay? Nobody, actually. Nobody has tried to no, pay. No, they can't do that anyway. Avelino, like, maybe. Them. Maybe yeah. Avelino tried to pay, but he's such a gentleman. Um, and he also got me flowers, but... Did he? Yeah, it was so awkward, because basically, I saw him... This is me, like, in my producer mindset. I saw him, like, go into the wrong shop and then i was like screaming down the road like avelino avelino it's the wrong you're in the wrong place it's Had this you met way before? no and and he it turns out he was going into a corner shop to buy, buy flowers <laughs> um so Aww. i messed that one up but um would have been quite good on film yeah probably yeah. would have and so when you're filming it you do you have a kind of retake bits or is it just all no very, we don't uh, retake anything it's one shot and then when you say goodbye 
I assume you come back in. <laughs> we say bye, and then I'm like, bye, that was it. And then it's over, and then I'm just like, cut? I don't know. So I don't, how long no, I don't say cut. I'm like, I'm like, yep, yeah, that's it. Do you how script long? the questions before? Yeah, I yeah. script the questions before. Do you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've, yeah I think I, you need I, to, I, I otherwise you'd just be, before. yeah. I, I'm not that good. I can't really just, ad-lib. like, ad-lib. Some, when, <laughs> when I, sometimes when I'm, when I'm interviewed, it, it really makes me super, like... I'd, I admire people who can just sit with someone and don't have to have questions. In Did front you of see them. that whole thing the other day with the journalists that like turn up to the Vogue interview with Rihanna with like, no, no questions? questions. No, I thought that was. It was like I mean it was like one of those things that I think Did they... got a bit taken out of context slash like blew well, up in her no, face and she... she tried to be funny about it. But basically, this journalist who was doing the interview with Rihanna for US Vogue, mm-hmm. um, the whole opener of the interview is how like Rihanna had changed the timing and the date of the interview. So she was pulled to do it really swiftly, had to like zoom over in her car, yeah. wasn't prepared at all. So turned she only up. changed the time though, not the date. Yeah. So really she should have had the turned questions up, written told Rihanna that she like wasn't prepped. Oh, and was like, oh, you have to help really me. Annoying. And she like makes a big thing of it in the piece, I'll being be like, I wasn't prepped. And everyone was like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, oh why would you actually? Also, if anyone can like change things around, it's Rihanna. I mean, wow. I didn't yeah. see the backlash maybe I'm not on the journey but yeah and then it became very like do you turn up to an interview with questions or do you just like go with it but well I think if you're not going to turn up with questions you have to have done your research so much research and if you've you know. done your research then yeah maybe you don't need to have questions what is your research like do you just comb their social media yeah their social media their do any, you ask around as well basically I try and watch any interview they've any video interview that they've done before that like has like a significant number of views because I just don't want to I don't want to be asking the same question yeah Yeah, like for example well I feel like none of your questions would have been asked yeah exactly (laughs) I mean like no one's really asking like if your music was a piece of chicken what would it be but um (laughs) so I kind of have that advantage and also because it's a date like not many people are like trying to flirt with their interview it's not very professional but with me it's fine because that's the point of the show um but yeah like for example the person i just interviewed m huncho he wears a mask and literally every interview that he's done everyone's just asking him why he wears a mask will he ever take the mask off blah blah blah, mask 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 so i don't really ask him that did you ask him how he'd kiss you oh yeah i did that was my first question (laughs) oh my god on the money there yeah Yeah. Um, i always think like could you kiss someone in the mask I interviewed Drill Minister in a mask and wagon mamas and no one came to take our order for the two hours that we were there. Really? What, because he was wearing a Yeah, but they'd asked me three times when I was there by myself before he came in. They're scared of Do you know what they're like? They're like... On it. On it. But I was like... That's okay. quite Joe's place to do the interview as well. Yeah. Yeah. Wagamama well, actually came up in my conversation with, with Amantro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's Weird. funny enough. Um, so how long do you film for? Because it's taken down to like yeah, four minutes. Yeah, we film for 45 minutes. You film for, so that's a four-minute take? A four-minute edit? It's a pretty short, short date, though, yeah, in terms of... Dating. Do people ask you for like <laughs> approval and stuff, or are you like, well, you've done the 45 minutes, I'm going to run what we I want from that? We never give approval. By we, mm. I mean me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it always sounds more professional. I just don't give approval. And I think... My team just aren't into it. I'm yeah. just as like, I never gave approval from the beginning. So now I'm just running with it. Like, you don't get approval. Who's asked for approval? Um, I don't know if it's them or their management. That's the thing. It's probably more It'll be their team. management. It's their yeah. management. Maybe Chip asked for approval. But then the bit that he wanted to take out, I agreed with. So we did actually just take that bit out. What, what was the theme? Um... What was the theme? Like, what, what, what did he want to... Like, without saying what it was, what was it? It was just... <laughs> without saying what it was, what it was. It was just, was, like, what a was it? to, like, something, like, gross or something. Oh. It was, like, uh, a gross thing. 
and then we would just be like it's a bit gross um, <laughs> okay, yeah like a cr- crude or cr- like crass thing I don't know it was something like that um, it wasn't anything like <laughs> it was just like it wasn't anything major wouldn't reflect that well yeah yeah what's like the worst thing that has happened while you've been filming has there been any like disasters um, yeah well the, the biggest disaster was when I was filming with KSI and um, the memory card was corrupted so the whole date was <gasps> oh, what did you do oh, we refilmed Oh, and the awkwardness is a bit Liverpool lost. I went to the next week to oh film. God. Did you? Yeah. Did and you have it to... went well again, but it just, the first episode was definitely... Can we talk about the Dave one? Because obviously he refused to do it in a chicken shop. Yeah. Because he said it was too dangerous. Yeah, or like, what is that what he said in the, in the text? That, yeah. In the text, yeah. What, do you think he actually meant like, it, he's got bad memories from being in chicken shops? I shop, don't so, know. No. I think he has a phobia for sure of chicken shops for whatever reason. He doesn't like them. So but you'd say you did it somewhere. It's a what do you do thing. when you're choosing somewhere like swanky? Well, I've only ever done it with Dave. Literally, only it was it looked like such a nice place. Yeah, it's clutch. It's so, called so, clutch. So, did he choose it, or did you choose it? I chose it. And but surely you were like, it needs to be a chicken shop because that is my yeah, format. Yeah, but also it's Dave, so I was like, yeah, it's fine. <laughs> As I'm a chicken, I don't care. <laughs> yeah, I was like, if you're coming, it's fine. <laughs> um, yeah, but yeah, that episode was great, and also that was when I've, I did I filmed four episodes with a production company called Some Such. And they were amazing because they basically were the ones who were like, you should get a sound operator. Like, you should get a grade. You should get a sound mix. And they paid for this to happen for me. They, like, gave me some money towards making oh, four episodes. And so I was able to get this this crew in. And with I wouldn't have been able to do the Dave episode without them because that room was so dark. You really needed, like, a, a lighting team and all that stuff. And I just didn't have any money. So that was really amazing to, for that to happen. And then the way that I pay for them now is like through branded work that I do. Like, like the Voxy stuff. Yeah, so mm-hmm. like the money that I make from doing branded stuff, just I used to fund my own projects. So mm-hmm. they're like, I fully self-fund Chicken Shop Date. And it's the, bit, it's, best, it's the best because of that, because I don't have any... When you do it with I've brands. Curate, I have creative control. When you do it with brands, do you have to like... I've only ever done it with, with do. Voxy, the brat with yeah. Vodafone, for for those three episodes that were connected with this the tour. tour that I went on. So like we did three episodes, and each episode that was how we would like announce that that person I interviewed was going to be doing a live performance that people could come to. So like Deneo did a performance in Manchester, Miss Banks did a performance in Birmingham, and Chip did the performance in London. So yeah, that was an amazing project that I did that finished in March this year. I worked on that for about six months, full-time, basically being the, like, creative on it. Um, what is your criteria for a chicken shop date? Obviously, you've gone for kind of rappers. Yeah. Do you mean, like, a, cre- um, a criteria for the guest? Yeah, in terms of what, how do you choose who would be a good uh, I fit? I think it's, like, anyone that's, like, relevant within the scene, like, whether it's... It doesn't have to be a rapper per se, but it's, like, someone that, like, my audience would know. And um, why that scene in particular, like, that we would say maybe the urban scene? Well, it's, I'd say, like, UK rap and grime. I think it's because that's how it started. That's how Chicken Shop Date started, was was me interviewing those people yeah. from that genre. Like, and and so I guess that's why. And I think people like it. I think that people like that it's You that. want a strong, like, theme throughout as well, theme, rather yeah. than just interviewing any random artist. But I really would like to, like, broaden it out. There's no reason mm. why it could What's so the fun. best invite you've received? Probably the Warner Party, the GQ. But yeah, no, that was pretty epic. Like, so many famous people there. I, get, s- I love spotting famous people. 
Jared Leto's there. Literally everyone. I was invited to the Burberry show this year and I it was amazing. Were you? Yeah, humble brag. But um it was did so they... good for spotting celebs. I was literally just like Did they loan you any the clothes? Pro. No, no, I was like in the back. I wasn't like That would be so good though one day when you're like doing a shop in like Vetement. Yeah, one day <laughs> this will happen, but not now. But yeah, I was I was really starstruck. Of so, so many people I just finished watching Euphoria. I don't know if you've seen it, but it's amazing. I, I saw the first episode and thought it was, yeah, I didn't love it, but everyone said it's amazing. Yeah, so I know it's so good. And I, like the yeah, cinematography and storyline, the cast, the costume, everything's amazing. But one of the characters in was in the front row and I was just finished watching it. So I was so, so Who was it? Zendaya? Zend- how do you pronounce it? No, not Zendaya. Um, she's, in this show, she's called Jules, mm. but she's actually called Hunter. I can't remember her last name, but yeah. Has anyone said no to Chicken Shop Day? Yeah. Can you time. name and shame? Um, who said no? Has Stormzy said it's no? It's more like, no, he's never said no. Um, it's not the right time. People, yeah, mm. loads of people is like, it's not the right time. What about which Jay, is, have you which tried is actually Jay more annoying. I'd rather they would say yeah. no. Because then you want to like just tick them off the list one oh, way yeah, or another. Oh yeah, because I'm the kind of person that's like, if you don't say no, then I'm taking that as a yes. And I will <laughs> hound you, for hound it, like, you every forever. Two like there's people I've been literally emailing monthly for like, Years. Who? Would you go direct to their PR? Oh, Jay Huss would Jay be. Jay Huss said he's, yes. He's no longer to me awkward. Directly. But if you'd got him in his prime. Loads of people. Yeah. Jay Huss, Stormzy. Um, Octavian? No, actually, Octavian said no, I think, because I saw him in real life and I was at his par- a party where he was there and I, I literally went up to him and I was like, hey, are we going on a chicken shot date? And he was like, uh, no, but I'll go on a real date with you. Ooh. And I was like, it is real. So that's the end. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's Skepta, have you asked him? Yes, that's. I think that's a no. I feel like he would be he so awkward. He doesn't really do any he'd interviews. Just be, I mean, the only interviews he do is with Julie, and that's his sister, so. Ellie did an I, interview I with him, him. And it was With honest, Naomi Campbell. It was. And it sounded the most scary. The most intimidating horrible. experience of my life. No, you did the cover story. Yes, because it was two of them who I obviously respected so much, and they were both, they're obviously like titans of the industry, and they were together, and they, at that point, there were all these rumours that they might be together. Yeah, they were together, yeah. And, um, and I had to ask quite like dicey questions. Oh my god! So she was four hours late. But everyone says that's good for Naomi because usually people are like, models. usually she's like the next day. Apparently. So I'd been told by my boss not to get my return ticket from Paris because she, I might have to stay the night because she might be a day late. There was no sexual tension though. I must say, if anything, it was a it was a motherly vibe. Who's your next like number one person that you want on Chicken Shop? Well, Jay Huss. I've just been trying for so long, so I just really would love to get him. And I'm such a big fan. Like, you've I'm got the hat, huge. even right? I've got the hat, I've got the merch. Like, I'm just <laughs> such a big fan. And like, his show at Brixton Academy was just the best thing I think yeah. I've ever seen in my life. Um, but yeah, Stormzy would be amazing. Georgia Smith would be amazing. With awkwardness being the kind of key tenant of the episodes, if the interviewee is super awkward themselves. Do you find that helpful or do you find that like really difficult? I think that it depends. I would say that Hedy One was awkward. He was a very softly spoken man. And I love that episode because I just love awkwardness. And I think (laughs) that like, I feel like I'm quite good at reading someone in terms of like knowing okay so this is how you're going to be in the interview. Okay so this is how I'm going to be in the interview. So I think that I'm, I'm I I like being a I like enjoy reading a person and then me changing my behavior 
um, yeah. to tr- figure out what's the best dynamic is going to be. And I think that that's what I'm able to do in each episode. So, which is why it kind of works for like all different types of people. Also, I'm really lucky with Chicken Short Day is like that you can just put someone not responding and it's funny, or like you can just put mm. a one line. They're not knowing can, what to say. They're not knowing what to say. Like all basically, Chicken Shop Day is 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 all the things that you're not meant to do in an interview and it's like allowed have any of them be. kind of tried it on after the date or slid into no, germs zero, zero. you put zero. them all off you're slightly offended <laughs> no I'm not really surprised to be honest but um <laughs> <laughs> it, no zero it's very very professional you get some very complimentary comments yeah. though from, I know especially in the last like recent seasons I know things have changed when I first started people were like why can't you get someone fitter to present it? Or that she's not hot enough, blah, blah, blah. Oh, yeah, but they um, say that about the hottest girl ever as well. No, like, it, it didn't. Just, genuinely, that kind of stuff doesn't faze me at all yeah. um, because it's just literally a 14 year old. You've got the t shirts, right? That have like, what's yeah, the merch? She's two butters to be acting so Did that never faze you? Because when, <laughs> when we did Facebook Lives and I got, I got once a comment that said, This girl looks like she has a facial fungus. I cried in my Uber all the way to Shoreditch House. That means nothing. Like, yeah, but I was I don't like, why Do you, I? I do. Um, <laughs> I am very lucky, I think, that I'm, like, quite secure in my way that Who I you look. Are. So you don't well, read like, any... the way that I look, I'm, like, I just, I'm just, I'm just like, I'm, like, I'm not ugly. So it's not like, <laughs> like, I'm just, I'm just confident in that. So I think that, um, <laughs> I think that that's fine. Obviously, so many people, like, they don't have, they feel, I understand why you being called ugly online would really upset people that's totally valid like you shouldn't be called ugly ever but um other things i don't know like that's not something that affects me would would you get what about if someone's like this isn't funny or i don't get it no that doesn't affect me either do you just not read the comments i don't read the comments you know i went to my mum's house last night and she was reading me the comments and i was like "Mm, cool i'm not coming around again (laughs) (laughs) she was like amelia did you did you see this comment you got on on your instagram where like they were saying that they like preferred the sofa you were sitting on to the suit that you were wearing and i was like oh my god no i didn't see that but thank you for telling me (laughs) um do you actually love fried chicken yeah i love chicken i love chicken nuggets i eat chicken like three times four times a week have you had musicians like approach you to be guests or yeah i do get that a lot now you get pictures yeah i get pictures who has been the most attractive guest who is the most attractive maybe um ada tracy is super attractive i'm not gonna lie yeah he's definitely got a vibe i know exactly what you mean that's what the fans commented on in terms of vibe dave's hot um um Oh my god, like who else have I even met? Who's like the cutest boyfriend material? I think Dave. Yeah, I'd go out with Dave. I'd go out with Dave. (laughs) So, would you go out with Dave? Yeah, why not? You'd go out with Dave. Let's all go out with Dave. Yeah, I would. I'm trying to think who else that you've had that I've really fancied. Oh, Curtin from this country. Oh my god, you did not do him. Yeah, Curtin from this country. Love uh, this country. He's my number one crush. So, I can imagine that working so well. Yeah, he's so so funny. funny. Curtain from this country. Did he do it on character, obviously? Yeah, yeah, yeah it yeah. was Curtain. It was for the comic relief special. Oh my God, cute. When you see your guests after you've interviewed them, are you friendly? Yeah. Or I do you keep, do you maintain like an no, awkward distance? No, I'm like, distance? hey, but then it's awkward because like, we're not actually friends. Well, we, we are, but like, we're, I don't know them very well. Is there anyone that you're probably friends with? Yeah, I'm friends with Maya. And I'm friends with Mo. I hope. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. would you ever do a second one with the same person 
you know, now it's up. been three years. I don't it know, because people always ask for, like, an AJ Tracy second episode. But Why I do people love it? Is that the most, so like, viewed as well, or just the most, no, like, the H1 stand is the most viewed now. The H1's on, like, over three million views. God. We were just talking about H before how, you like, came, about how he is. might yeah. be, like, a secret, like, um, what did your friend call him? Oh, ladies man. We just said, mm. yeah, he said, he said a secret man. scumbag. But oh yeah, yeah, I was trying to paraphrase. Yeah. Oh right, um. a ladies man. I don't. I think he is a ladies man, isn't he? I don't know. Well, You're the one that met him. He seems music. And girls love him. I've never experienced so many like messages, inboxes, tweet like tweets, ads from girls really? for when I when I posted about me going on a date with H. Them being really? like, I can't believe it. I'm so jealous. Um, and people like DMing me being like, please give send this message to H from me. Like, really? So he's mad. got like hardcore stands. He's got like, he's got like stands. You have been moving towards stuff outside of music, right? Like obviously. Yeah, I um, interview a lot of sports people. Yeah, now. and when we had lunch like earlier in the year, you were saying how you wanted to do more sports facing things. Yeah, I like, I really like sports people and I think it's like a very crossover thing, sports and music. Uh-huh. And a lot of my audience from Chicken Shop Date are like huge football fans, for example. Mm. So Is it, it like, mostly men? Makes Do you sense. Look at the I have like analysis. 60% male. What's the so, age yeah. demographic? It's like 18 to 30. And probably younger, actually. Because you can, on Instagram, I think you can only see... Eight, Say that you're 18, 18 and over, yeah. So, yeah, it's probably a lot longer. In terms of, like, the people that come up to me on the street as, like, a gauge of, like, who follows me, I think it's, like, definitely people who are, like, 15... <laughs> to, <laughs> 15 to, like, 25. Yeah. <laughs> Do you ever get... Whenever I get an older person, I'm like, what? Oh, God. <laughs> like, I was walking in Shoreditch the other day, and there's a, like, older lady came up to me and was like, I really love your stuff. And I was like, what? Who are you? Who are you? How, How old do was you know she? Pardon? How old was she? I, she wasn't even, she wasn't old. She was older than She 15. just wasn't, like, <laughs> a school Yeah, person. maybe she was, like, in her <laughs> 40s. Were you always, like, a massive music fan? Or did it come about kind of by accident? Yeah, I've always been, I've always loved music. Well. I think that it's quite strange if you don't like love music in whatever yeah. genre it is um what was the first record you bought i think it was a cassette um spice girls cassette mm-hmm. um yeah. viva forever first I, gig first gig s club seven mm-hmm. Ooh. yeah mine was um oh my god not very cool but also uh, they had it. that song pure and simple what were they called they were five they were around at the same time as... Hearsay. Hearsay. That's they the were, first they were, ever band that I saw live when I was a small show. child. They, they, and who are you listening to right now? Uh, who am I listening to? Um, I'm listening to the Top Boy soundtrack. Mm-hmm. I really love it. I love Dave's got so many songs on that. Amazing yeah. original songs from like loads of artists that I love. Um, I'm listening to Summer Walker. Oh, she's everywhere she right is, now. You know. Also, I'm listening to Burner Boy a lot and I'm trying to go see a are show. Are you going to go next week? I'm there. I'm there, baby. I'm there. You go. Maybe. I'm trying to interview him while he's here. <gasps> you need to. I interviewed him like a year or two ago when he was more underground than he is now, basically. I find him really attractive. And he brought his girlfriend, obviously not Steph, it was like some random chick. And th- I did the interview at Sketch. And throughout the interview, this woman who didn't like say anything, wasn't introduced, they held hands throughout the entire interview. <laughs> what? So I'm keeping that And in. he was drinking like a pina colada or something, like a really jokes, like 
cocktail with a big umbrella or whatever and I was sat opposite them that's with like my so, tap water see, while they held hands that's awkward and he drank yeah Instead, I felt really awkward that's I was like, awkward what was she doing when he she was not, she was just holding his hand but like not acknowledging like my presence of being there <laughs> and then the hand was on the table as well like the clasp fist how do you feel as a woman in music? Because we were talking about this earlier and part of the reason why we felt this podcast was something we wanted to do is we feel that as music fans and as voices within the music industry, sometimes our opinions aren't respected. So I think that there are so many incredible women in music right now and I'm lucky enough to work with loads of them, whether that's like on the label side or other broadcasters that are incredible within radio and and video Um yeah, I feel like there definitely needs to be be more of them, but I'm for sure, especially like non-white women is a whole other different co- like different ball game and conversation because That's there's true. there's like such a lack of 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 yeah, of of black p- women in the scene too. So, I think that I think that definitely more needs to be done, but I'm really proud of the people that I know, my peers who are female and they're doing what they're doing at the moment and I think that there's some amazing people who are making some really cool content yeah yeah I guess women's voices are being heard a lot more I think even in the last like year or so in music you've noticed these like more uh yeah it's a big difference personable like loud reputable figures having something to say about what people should be listening to yeah like Tiffany Calvert, yeah, this friend like of mine, like now insane. she's like the host of the rap of the rap show on One Extra and like on Radio One and Julie and, Adenuga, huge. Yeah, force. Julie like, and all the stuff Sue Tiffany Julie did with um, Drake's all Drake's yeah, Drake, British like, shows. Tiffany's just amazing, like, really. So cool. And um, yeah, Julie again and and Shine Anderson and um, there's some really great women who are who are really powerful in the industry and there's so many people behind the scenes we probably don't know about but for sure there's like so much more that needs to be done um but um i think also just more in terms of on a kind of more personal local level like the number of times i've talked to just male friends or like male acquaintances about music and you just feel like the person has the least authority yeah i guess historically like women's opinion in music is less relevant than men's as in not that it should be, but I think also people are just generally, yeah. regardless of gender, very snobby about music in general. <laughs> like yeah. if you've got, like, I think that's also what it, it is. It can be quite like, elitist in terms of who, not in terms of the people that work in it, but the people that comment on it. Yeah, I think for sure you see that in in the in when you look at like the music critics at all the major papers like up and down the country. I think that tells you everything you need to know. I really think about. like it's, true. it's so true. Like in terms of people that critique and comment on music and also culture in general, it's like the male voice is definitely more prevalent and you find that in within your friendship group even like like even stuff like who's in control of the orcs at a house party like it's always 100%. the guy oh it's yeah like there's no way music like if 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 a guy is like that i can't believe you listen to that it's so uncool it's like really hits you in your core and you know that feeling from like growing up in terms of like men really being in control of like what's cool and dismissive of, of women's music taste of music yeah for sure and even when we were like discussing like who we we're going to see at Glastonbury I remember some of my friends and being like, like pe- I can't believe you're yeah, saying that person yeah I've ever been to like the, the men that we're with like yeah. take control in yeah, terms of like totally what like I doing. can't believe you listen to them or like that's not cool or, or whatever it is and like it really is I think you don't have to be within the music industry to feel that it's definitely something Absolutely. that happens within friendship groups 
Um, but yeah, you just have to like stand your ground, I think, and assert yourself. And I'm trying to do that more as well. Like, like yeah, I love Paramore, so what? <laughs> Thank you so much. Good luck. Thank you for having me on. Thank you. Goodbye. <laughs> and goodbye. And goodbye. So Ellie, what did you think of our Amelia interview? She was great. It's funny because I'm quite like an awkward blunt person and so is Amelia and so oh my God. I was like, oh God, are we gonna just like have a blunt <laughs> off? <laughs> it's okay. Uh, but no, I loved it. She has amazing style. I loved her shrimp coat. Yeah, she so. looked so fluffy and gorgeous, didn't she? She really did. Anyway, uh, on to this week's talking point. I want to talk about Billie Eilish. I am totally here for that. She's just got the Bond theme tune. Yeah, so, so that's, she's going to be the youngest writer and performer to ever have that gig. I know. Obviously, people are like, exploding about it on Twitter, though. So for anyone that is not uh, up to the minute with Billie Eilish, she's just turned 18. She co-writes every song with her brother Phineas who you might know from Glee and Modern Family and they're this like Modern Family? Yeah. I don't know who's in Modern Family. Well I haven't seen it but yeah. Who is it? What character? Well I don't know because I haven't seen it. Oh damn. I don't don't Google it now. (laughs) Anyway so they're this like wonderkin duo where they just like do everything together they don't feature with anyone they don't collaborate and she basically blew up age just 13 on SoundCloud after putting up this song Ocean Eyes that Phineas had written yeah Yeah. her father wrote it for his band and then she took it right what did you think when you first heard her I loved it she's got like such an eerie vocal I remember thinking of it as a bit of a Lana Del Rey vibe it is a Lana croon yeah although I've actually seen that she has asked people not to even compare her to Lana Del Rey before because she loves Lana Del Rey so much and sees her as such an icon that she's like don't even compare me to that perfection kind of thing she thinks it's like a slight to Lana Del Rey oh interesting she's also been really influenced by Odd Future which was that kind of music collective that had Tyler the Creator and Sid the Kid she's particularly influenced by Tyler the Creator yeah because um, if you actually compare the very controversial well not controversial but like weird video um, from Tyler the Creator called Yonkers where he eats a cockroach and that's basically like got everyone noticing him Um, and you compare that to her to Billy's video uh, You Should See Me in a Crown from last year where she's got the back tears no, it's one she's got spiders going into her mouth and they're proper spiders. Ugh. And it's like mm. very similar in concept. And actually she has a pet spot. Like I was watching the James Corden carpool karaoke. She has this huge pet tarantula that's just like chilling on her duvet that she just that's like funny. whips that's- out and pulled James Corden freaks. Exactly what we were talking about earlier with our producer, isn't it? Who was saying that she's like what? a proper goth emo kind yeah. of guy. She is, but then she hates it. She hates it when people like pigeonhole. Like, I was reading in an interview recently that like people on inter- on the internet were like, "Oh, Billy would never wear fake nails because she's such like a you know she's like a boy. She's like a tomboy." I swear she does wear like huge yeah, nails. Yeah, so that's why she she's now like, wears them. She's, she's also like, like, fuck it. I think she's definitely an evolution of that like particular kind of like style now that say Post Malone or someone mm. would be as well. That's this mix between like rap and then kind of indie yeah whether that's emo or um country music obviously in post malone's case like this proper like mixing of all these different like american genres within like proper mainstream music she's from a acting family right her parents are actors so weirdly her dad was in iron man and the west wing I think oh, just as like a really small part and her mum is also um, an actor in LA and yeah, they all they're so cl- like her mum is out Billy's assistant her dad does her um, stage lighting yeah I think obviously until she was 18 as well she always had to have a guardian on a shoot and stuff like that yeah. so she wouldn't have been able to even well, weird, like, have you seen the video she posted on her 18th birthday where you see it opens with her as a tiny kid saying like hi I'm Billy and I'm going to play a song and then it kind of 
gives a quick snapshot for, throughout the years oh, of her does career. It? It's really, really cute. But it shows how, obviously, when she was tiny, she was gonna, this was going to be her thing. Well, Phineas apparently said to her, she said this in an interview, she, apparently Phineas was like, Billy, I'm going to make you the biggest pop star in the whole world. And Which is kind of wild. I wonder why he like, wanted it for her and not himself. I wonder if it was just... Well, also oh, listening to if you listen to interviews with them, especially like the Zane Lowe one, um, you can and she's talked about this as well. Like, there's a definite sibling rivalry vibe, and like she's really? quite yeah, she's quite resentful, quite openly about the fact that he was always the star of the family. She's always like, I was like the talented one, but Phineas was the one that everyone loved. He was like the fun one. He was the super popular one, and I and just being the older brother, like she always just felt jealous. And there's you could just but Zeno doesn't really know how to react because like she gets kind of annoyed at Phineas and she's like yeah my our parents loved you more than me and he's like no Billy obviously not but she references so a lot interesting but I mean I, I, I guess like, so yeah. maybe that's why he's happy to like take although I have heard that he's building his own brand a little bit more now and Is obviously he? people know him everyone knows him by name but he's not gonna well he's produced for Selena Gomez and Camila Cabello now interesting yeah so I feel like he's gonna definitely branch out and be a kind of you know superstar producer artist in his own right. Yeah, I think so. I think um, it will be interesting, though, the way... So, Billy's been very open with the fact that the reason she, like, wears such baggy clothes is because she is so scared of people sexualizing her and just kind of oh, judging like her body. body shamed and stuff, yeah. yeah. I read this... Uh, there was an interview with her. It was an Elle interview recently. It was a women in music issue. There was Rosalia and Lizzo also on the covers. Oh, cool. And she basically said that when she turned 18, she did actually want to have the opportunity to wear more... Slightly, slightly more provocative. Maybe not even provocative, but, like, you know, figure-hugging clothing than she obviously has in the past. Um, and it's goes back to what you're saying her not wanting to be pigeonholed I think she wants to be the person that can wear the yeah. dress that shows off your body if she wants to I mean part of the reason why she's so unique is her lyrics are just so stand out so the album title which in itself is quite interesting it's in a mouthful Where When We Fall Asleep Where Do We Go is all about her sleep paralysis which she suffered with ah, suffered from from years very, like, existential yeah crisis. so that's why she thought of the titles apparently she's like had this recurring nightmare for two years and it got to the point where she said I think to Billboard like it's literally changed my personality I speak differently I walk what because of having sleep paralysis. sleep paralysis yeah and these nightmares it's like completely changed have the you way ever had sleep paralysis yes I've actually never experienced it, so I don't know what it feels like. It's the most hellish thing on earth, and I I caught it from my sister. It's infectious. No, that's definitely bollocks. No no, no way true. No, it is. absolutely not. My sister had it, It started screaming, and I was like, what the hell? I've never heard of sleep paralysis before, and like, what the hell is my sister doing? Like, screaming with her eyes open on this bed next to me, like a holiday in Devon. Anyway, the next night, I had it for the first time ever. Yeah, but that's probably like a weird subconscious thing where your brain just picked up on it, and then it like... Well, anyway, I was you. trapped in a prison in That's my sleep, and it was horrific. So poor but Billy. Billy. But um, she's never, she's never times. smoked. She's never done drugs. She's never taken alcohol, which is kind of surprising if you're in <laughs> taking you know, alcohol. Taking <laughs> alcohol, it is a drug. And she's just released a song called Zanny, which is all about how like she's lost lots of friends to prescription drugs and drugs more generally, and that's why she'll never do it because she's seen how it just ruins people, which is quite good considering there's just been this trend of like glamorizing prescription drugs, and um, which is literally the reason why Juice World tried um, codeine because Future he thought it sounded cool in Future song, which is really sad. Um, so. Billie Eilish is quite a positive influence on young people, I think, in that sense. But she yeah, has... I mean, young people love her, don't they? She's so, like, her numbers and stuff are crazy, her engagement. I heard from someone that she's got the highest engagement of anyone on Seriously? her at, at Columbia. And yeah, and obviously bearing in mind that there's people like Eminem that are 
I mean, he's kind of a strange example given that his album has not had that great reviews. It's just come out Well, recently, Telegraph gave it five stars. Did they? Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah, The Guardian did not give it a good review. Well, we don't tend to agree. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, when I went to see her um, show at Shepherd's Bush Empire, it was like, untenably hysterical like how old was the average audience member like one i'm joking but like young like so young as in parents were taking their children as in it was me and the parents and then like children on their shoulder like on the dad's shoulders really yeah yeah yeah. wow and you couldn't hear billy perform because they just knew every word and they were screaming it but it was nice i mean billy yeah i really want to see her live but i just well she put she said before she performs like a fan Oh, okay. so yeah, she like, jumps around loads. Yeah, isn't she? Whenever I've seen videos. She's probably like, like I've been. Yeah, yeah I, I think that it's also a bit like Travis Scott. Oh, yeah. kind of thing as well. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know what you mean. But Raging. I do feel sorry for her because she has had quite like a tough time with like realizing which friends she could trust. She said recently in an interview that like she used to be so popular and used to have so many friends, and over the last year she's lost like almost all of her friends because they really? all kind she, of used her name in the press for sort of like she clout. was homeschooled as well so I wonder how she even ha- like where she met yeah, her, that's met true. her friends I think she was about eight but was Phineas homeschooled I don't know but obviously they grew up in LA it was quite arty she's been quite inspirational as well with um, talking about her Tourette's quite openly recently yeah it's so good and she's been really really open about mental health also it's mm. actually so nice now when you read interviews she's obviously in a much better place I yeah. think she's um, really like much more adjusted to fame I think she said there was a really really horrible year but she's got through it the other side she's got a boyfriend now she told the times Aww. yeah she's yeah she's in a more positive headspace than she's ever been and she's really been able to kind of get her demons under control and my actual favourite thing I don't know if you've seen it but it's the Vanity Fair video where um, they interviewed her in it was uh, 2017 2018 2019 so the first yeah, one was just her first yeah 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 and they've gone back and done it again that's such year. a good interview concept I love it it's so cute especially because you can tell I think Young, young Billy is just a bit like a rabbit in the headlights. Uh, 2018 Billy just like, yeah, it doesn't seem in the greatest place. She's and way more like punky in 2018. Yeah, she is. And definitely by 2019, she seems so much more well-adjusted. She's really self-reflective. It's lovely. She seems in a really, really good place. So I highly recommend that anyone with a spare 20 minutes goes and watches it because it's a really interesting snapshot into how mm. fame changes people and just growing up as a normal teenager going from 16 to 18. And she's getting paid by Apple twenty five million pounds for a documentary about her life, which that is insane, is crazy. Imagine what you would do with that money. She's just eighteen. Also, for us little Brits, she is playing at the Brits. She's performing, so that's gonna be, be my good. favorite performance. I think I know it'll be great. Anyway, guys, that's all we've got time for today. But we will be back again in two weeks with our next episode. See you then. If you enjoyed this episode of Straight Up, we would love it if you could rate, review or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. We are a new podcast, so any feedback uh, would be hugely appreciated and would really help us in the charts. Our music and editing is done by musician and podcast producer Marlon Percy. You can find him on Instagram at Marlon Percy. Straight Up is recorded at London's club and co-working space The Ministry by Chris Bailey from The Boy in the Corner. You can find on Twitter at CornerHQ. If you've got any comments, questions or suggestions for our next episode, we'd love to hear from you. You can find us on Instagram at Kathleen.m.johnston and Ellie Halls one or on Twitter at KME Johnston and Eleanor Halls one That's one the number, not the word. Thank you for listening to this episode of Straight Up and we really hope that you'll tune in next time in two weeks. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Bye.